Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray that this message inspires hope, help, and healing in your life. And as always, welcome home. Last month, we've been teaching about from the battle to the basin. And I, I really wanted to come to you today. And um, I always tell you guys this, man, we have such a great team here at Relevant. I'm so proud of you guys. I'm so thankful for you guys that um, everything runs smooth even when we're not here, and that's a, and that's a great team. Um, and most of all, I want to leave you with this message today because I really believe um, the video is good because it slows me down a little bit and lets me really convey what I need to convey to you guys so your life can be transformed from everything that God has for you. So I'm happy to be here today with you guys. I miss you guys and no place like home, and we'll be back soon. But we appreciate your prayers, and if you're a first-time visitor, we're so glad you're here, and, it, and if this is your first time to be with us, you're going to enjoy the experience. You've got to make sure you come back when we're there again in person so we can say, hey, but for the, for the family, we're going to get right in this. You know, we've been talking in the book of John chapter 13 um, about our series, From the Battle to the Basin, and we've learned that for every battle in life, there's a basin, and today... I just want to start with John 13, 1, and I, I want to pick up. Today, we're going to be talking about the basin of love. I want you to know that love, God is love, and love is one of the most precious commodities we can have as believers, not just towards God, not just towards one another, but towards everyone, because if God is love, then when I walk in love, I look like God. I want to read this to you. Um, I'm going to read something to you before we get in, John, but it says this, the basin of love has provided a great opportunity. Certain conflicts can only be resolved with a basin of water. Jesus made sure his disciples had no reason to doubt his love because why? He showed them through the example of what he did. Why don't you do this? Do the same thing. Jesus, our Savior, he knelt down and gazed upon the darkest acts of the lives of these people. But rather than recoil and horror, he reaches out in kindness, and from the basin of his grace, he scoops palms full of mercy and washes away their sin. Jesus said this, If I, the Lord your teacher, have washed your feet, you also shall wash each other's feet. And I did this as an example that you should do as I have done. We're going to read that in a minute, but I, I want you to ask you a question today. Um, those in this circle with Christ at this, at this moment in time had a, no doubt an understanding of how much Jesus loved them. Those in our circle should have no doubt about our love. That's what I want you to see today. These guys understood. The disciples understood how much Jesus loved them because of what he did. My question is this. The people that were there in this circle of seeing Jesus respond in this loving act, here's my question. Did the people in my circle know how much I love them? Could they see my love towards them, and can they feel it? And did they know, without a shadow of a doubt, it's unconditional love? More often than not, Sometimes people don't really get an understanding of how much we love them because we don't show them by the example. I want to read this to you in John 13, verse 1. Look what it says here. It says, now before the feast of the Passover, 
Jesus knew that his hour had come that he should depart out of the world. And the Father, having loved his own, which were in the world, he loved them to the end. And supper being ended, and the devil now putting into Judas' heart that he should betray him. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and his, that his time from God was up. He rose from the supper, laid aside his garments, and took a towel and girded himself. And after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet to wipe away with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then comes Simon to him, Peter. He said, Lord, don't wash my feet. Jesus answered and said to him, if, if, if I do not, you don't, know, you don't know now what I'm doing, but you shall know hereafter. Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered and said, if I don't wash your feet, you don't have no part with me. Simon said, if you're going to wash, wash all of me. And I like what it says here. Jesus says, he knew who should betray him. For he knew who should betray him. Therefore, said he, you are not all clean. So after he had washed their feet, he had taken his garments and was what? Set down again. He said it to him, know ye what I have done to you. You call me master and Lord, and you say, well, for I am. If I then, your Lord and your master, have washed your feet, you ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. And guys, I don't know about you, but if that doesn't answer the question of what we need to be doing, we should do what Jesus did. Today, I want to talk to you about love. I want to talk to you about what the love of God looks like and how the love of God responds. You know, I love this part here where he explains very clear. He knew it was time to depart out of the world. In loving them, he had given them the love that they needed. You know, one of the things I wrote here, and I want you to kind of take this with you today as we, as we talk about this, is this, is that if I'm going to love unconditionally, I'm probably going to be open to be hurt. Okay? If you're taking notes, write that down. If I'm going to love unconditionally, I'm probably going to be open to get hurt. What do I mean by that? I have, and you should have, great expectations to reap the love that we sow. And one of the things we see and understand with love and loving unconditionally is I'm probably going to be open to hurt if I love people unconditionally. And loving people unconditionally, that doesn't mean I give them a license to hurt me. But if I love people with unconditional love, they're probably going to let me down. And as they let me down, if I'm not careful, I can absorb the pain of loving someone to the point I don't want to love anymore. I want to read something to you. You might have great expectations to reap love that you sowed into people from those people themselves. But I think sometimes we've got to be careful with that because Jesus didn't reap the love that he sowed to these disciples. But guess what? He loved them anyway. I think what happens with love is this. Sometimes we love with a love that's human. But we need to love with the God kind of love. Sometimes the expectations of love get almost misunderstood. You must realize this, that the love you give to people as you sow it, you might not get it back from them seeing people you sow it into. And eventually, you might think that something will change in the situation, but it doesn't. 
Sometimes you just got to love unconditionally. I like to call it, you got to love in the spirit. You say, what do you mean love in the spirit? Sometimes you've got to love or so love into a spiritual realm and understand that this spiritual realm will bring you back love. It might not be from the recipient you sow it into, but it's a law that as I walk in love and as I sow love, love will come back. Sometimes what has to happen is this. We have to get an understanding of not having expectations. That sounds so weird when I say it. Sometimes love has expectations of response. If more Christians will recognize this, they wouldn't give up and become offended. Usually, this is not the type of love walk that we walk in. We walk in a selfish love that is easily disappointed when our expectations are not met. And that's what I want to talk to you today about. How about if we start loving people with no expectation? Now, I know in the day and the hour that we live in, that seems kind of weird. You say, Pastor Chris, see, Jesus took a basin and a bowl full of water and washed the people's feet. That would be gone. You know, this week I asked myself a challenging question. As I looked at the lives of Peter, as I looked at the lives of Judas, as I looked at the life of Thomas, I looked at the life of all these men, and I thought to myself, everyone let him down. You know, I thought about John the Beloved. The Bible says he went to him and followed him. Peter fell behind. But John the Beloved went into the high priest chamber. For all my life, I couldn't really see, well, where did John maybe miss the mark? Because obviously everybody abandoned Jesus. Did John, the beloved, not abandon him? And somebody said something to me so powerfully. It was one of the most powerful statements I've ever heard about this. And I heard it, and when I heard it, I knew. They said this. Peter, he denied him with words. But John denied him with silence. You know, that statement is so profound. Sometimes we, we hold back what we should express. Sometimes we, we, we bottle up what we should freely give. And sometimes we don't release what we know because we outthink ourselves and not wanting to become vulnerable in a place called love. Guys, I'm going to say something today. I got to teach you the God side of love before you'll ever understand the man side of love. But I'm going to say something that I think is complex but easy to understand. Loving like God loves might seem overwhelming, but it's the only way to truly walk through life. But Pastor Chris, if I love like God loves, I'm going to get hurt. And you're right. You are. 
I'm not going to sugarcoat it today. I'm not going to try to bring you to a place of telling you some story. You're going to love unconditionally, and people are going to take advantage of it. You're going to love unconditionally, and some people are going to abuse it. You're going to love unconditionally, and people are going to take it for granted. You're going to love unconditionally, and people ain't going to care. But Jesus said, what I do for you today, you do one to another. Guys, sometimes I'd like to pull my exemption card. I'd like to say, no, I don't want to do it. But we're not living the example of what we want to live. We're living the example of what he gave us. Now, I'm not asking you to go and, and be a doormat or, or to be abused in love. But I am asking you this. If my expectations aren't met when I love, am I holding back the love that I probably should freely give? Think of this. If I have expectations about certain people, those people can let me down. They will disappoint me to the degree that I will, they will fall short of my expectations. But if I have no expectations about someone, anything giving is a blessing and not something owed. We set ourselves up for offense when we require certain behaviors from those with whom we have relationship. The more we expect, the greater the potential of offense. Unconditional love is probably going to give others the right to hurt us. This series and this sermon today can really help me if I'm understanding what you're saying. Pastor Chris, what you're saying is, I'm going to have to love anyway. Yes. I'm going to have to love people that are, yes. I'm going to have to love people that are going to let me down. Yes. I'm going to have to love when no one else wants to love. Yes. Not because of how the people respond to me, but because of how Jesus responded to me. And that's what Jesus wanted us to get. I'm going to bow down with that basin, and I'm going to wash your feet. Even though you don't deserve it, Judas, I'm going to wash your feet. Even though you don't deserve it, Peter, I'm going to wash your feet. Even though you don't deserve it, Thomas, I'm going to wash your feet. Even though you don't deserve the forgiveness that I'm getting ready to give you, the mercy I'm getting ready to give you, the grace I'm getting ready to give you, you might not deserve it, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. Not because of how you performed, because every one of you is going to leave me. But I'm going to do it so you have an example from here on out that if I so that you can do it. If I gave you love when you didn't love me, you can do it. When I can love my betrayer, you can love again. When I can love the denier, you can love again. When I can love them that just, just walked out on me, you can love again. When I can love them that disowned me, you can love again. When I, when I can love them, that abandoned me. You can love again. And when I can love them that wanted nothing to do with me, 
you can love again. I told you, don't let the pain of the past produce the picture of your future. And then we say something around here. Doc said it one day. He said, don't, don't let the, the painful people of your past be the reason why you punish the people in your future. You know, this basin of grace is amazing. That's what that basin is. It's a bowl full of grace. It's a bowl full of mercy. The hurt is so deep sometimes. The wounds are so numerous. Just seeing some people can make you cringe. Maybe that's your problem today. Perhaps you're seeing the wrong person, or at least too much of the wrong person. You, re you remember the pain of the past. But if we start fixing our eyes on Jesus and trying to shift your glance away from the hurt and the pain, what happens if we shift our eyes from the people that hurt us and shift our eyes to him who loves us? What happens if we look at the acts of pain, but we see the blood that gave us forgiveness. What if we could cleanse our mind from the pictures of the painful moments of life and put it on the, the, the ever-loving mercy and grace of a Savior who paid the price to give us the freedom? What would happen if we knew that we were being cleansed so because we're being cleansed, we should cleanse others because I don't want to stop the cleansing process in my own life? What if... What if I look at them that need some cleansing and decide to bottle it up, but maybe he'd hold back cleansing me again when I miss the mark? You know, something about forgiveness is powerful, but sometimes holding back the forgiveness is so dangerous because the thing that someone has done to me can now be the trap that I step into holding them but really, I'm holding myself because, see, when people make mistakes in other people's lives, they usually go on with their life. But if you stay in unforgiveness, you'll stay bound to a moment in time while they go on and enjoy their future. Don't let me get the wrong picture here. See, the Bible says, whatsoever a man sows, that shall he reap. Everyone will have their due day. But I don't want to be the one wielding the stick of judgment upon anyone because judgment is in the hand of my God. But I'm here to tell you today that moments in time can trap you forever and poison your soul for eternity if you don't forgive. It's not easy to forget, but it's easy to forgive. We're constantly being cleansed. This cleansing is not um, a promise in the future, but it's a reality in the presence. Jesus kneeled down before 
and gazed upon the darkest moments of these men's lives. And in kindness, he reaches out with a hand of grace and says, I can clean that if you want. What do you need? What do you need to be forgiven of? And who do you need to forgive? What is it that you need to overcome? What is it that you need to let go? What is it that you need to just release? Today, love can make a difference. You know, in Revelations 20, in, in Revelations chapter 2, I'm sorry, verse 1 through 4, it's a powerful statement. And it says this. Nevertheless, I have someone against you because you left your first love. Thou has remitted or let down the early love. That is, it's less glowing and ardent than it was at first. It's not as obvious the love you have. The love here referred to is eventually the love to the Savior. And the idea is this. The church had less love than it formerly did have. Sometimes I notice about love, and that's, that's what I'm asking you today. Well, I loved and got hurt, so I don't want to love no more. I, I gave them love, and they took advantage of it, so I don't want to love no more. And I, and I loved the unlovable, and now I'm tired of loving, so I don't want to love no more. I loved my spouse, but they hurt me, and I'm getting kind of tired of being hurt by them, so I don't want to love them as much as I do, so I'm going to kind of put up some walls to stop the love because it's too painful to deal with the pain of not receiving the love I'm sowing I don't feel like loving no more. And sometimes we put up these walls to stop us from loving. But I got news for you today. The Bible says that the love of God is shed abroad in our heart. And you have a right to bottle it up. I don't see an explosion of love in the church. I don't see an explosion of love in, in the earth. I don't see an explosion of love in the believer. I don't see an explosion of love pretty much anywhere. But Jesus said, I've given you the capacity to love because I am love. But what do you do with love? You know, Jesus goes on to read in John chapter 13. And, and, and I want you to kind of look at this because I, I think it's the powerful I don't even want to say conclusion of the chapter, but it's kind of like he gives us a takeaway to go with. And it starts in, in verse 31. It says, therefore, when he was gone out, Jesus said, now is the son of man glorified and God is glorified in him. Judas had left. If God be glorified in him, God shall also be glorify him in himself. And shall straightway glorify him. Little children, yet a little while I'll be with you. You'll seek me. And as I said unto the Jews, whether I go, you cannot go. So now I say unto you, what's that? I have a new commandment I give unto you. That you love one another as I have loved you. Also love one another. And by this shall all men know that you are my disciple. If you have love one for another. There it is, guys. He wraps it up. He showed us the base, and he showed us the tools that he used to forgive. But then he says these. Look what he says. He said this. He said what? He said, I got a new commandment. I got a new standard. 
You can't keep the law. Don't worry about the law. I got a better thing than the law. It's called a new commandment that will fulfill the whole law if you can do it. He said these words. He said, here it is. Ready? It's simple. It's really easy. I want you to do basically two things. I want you to love one another the way I loved you. Love one another as I have loved you. Also, you love one another. And by this, all men will know that you're my disciple. So now we've got this action of love. We've got this code of love. We've got, we got a base and a love. We've got to start giving people some love. We've got, we got to not bottle up the love, but we've got to share the love. So here's my thing. Humility and love are going to go together. One of the greatest characteristics of the believer is love. You're going to have to renew your mind to this. Most people don't know what it is they're supposed to be walking in, let alone doing it. Because you got two kinds of love. You got the love of the earth, which is not really God's love. It's kind of just sloppy in its own affection because it's fickle and it kind of comes and goes based upon the performance of the recipient. Then you got God's kind of love that has nothing to do with action, response, character, or decisions, and everything to do on a position that God has given us. Romans 5 and 5 says this, hope makes not a shame because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. There's love inside of you. See, the modern-day believer, the born-again believer, has the love of God within him, but if he doesn't know what it is and how to use it, he won't use it. You say, what do you mean? In John 15, 12, it says this. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 1. Be ye therefore followers of God and dear children and walk in love as Christ also has loved us. And given himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God, a sweet-smelling Savior. I like this. He says, and walk in love as Christ has also loved us. Here's what you got to understand. Love must be learned. And if you're not teachable, you're not going to be found loving like, uh, like Jesus loved. That's the thing. In order for us to love as he loved, we're going to have to be students of Jesus and follow and observe how he loves. See, there we go. Because what we're doing in the church, if we're not careful, we're looking at one another to determine how we should love. We're looking at the church hasn't been a good example to show you what the love of God is because I don't believe the church has really looked at the model of Jesus' love. We look at the earthly love or we look at the love we hear from maybe a pulpit or we look at a love that maybe we hear from Christianity today or whatever. But I'm here to tell you today, the standard of love is not based upon what man has said it is, but based upon what Jesus has showed us it is. And you could say, well, preacher, I don't want to go to that degree of love because if I go to that degree of love, I'm going to be hurt. Well, I'm here today to tell you that your Savior said, love like I love you. 
Not like how Pastor Chris loved you. Not how like the person sitting next to you love you. Not like how your neighbor love you. Not how like your old pastor or your mom and dad love you. Love like Jesus love you. And Jesus' love must be learned. And Jesus' love is not tainted with humanity. Jesus' love is pure. How do you look in the eyes? How do you kneel down before 24 dirty feet and 12 men? Listen, you don't think close? You don't think he had intimate relationship? Can't you watch and pray with me? Can't you, can't you stay with me when I was with you guys? And you're all going to leave me and forsake me and deny me and betray me. You don't think he knew what pain felt like? How would you like to be guilty because of someone else's sins? How would you like to be brutally beaten for someone else's actions? How would you like to pay the price for what someone else has done. How could we not lift the standard of love today that we have one towards another after we see the example of a savior before us? How could we look at that basin and say, I'm exempt from it. I don't have to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't care to do it. I don't feel like doing it. You don't deserve it. How can you look at a basin? One, we're ignorant of the love of God. That's okay. It's not a bad word. It's not a word we throw around lightly and just go, oh, we're not, we're not smart in a realm. We just don't understand. See, I've been telling you guys this, and I'm, I'm so serious about it. I want you to see it. See, the key to love is this. I can't really love you until I know how much he loved me. I can't really, I can't really, I can't really love you till I know how much he loved me. I can't, I can't really, I can't really release into your life until I know how much he's released into my life. So I've been telling you, see, the man side always seems hard when you haven't seen the God side. Long time ago, you know, the Lord spoke to me and said, son, you got you to gotta, you gotta sow what you reaped. <laughs> I remember as clear as day. I said, no, Lord, that's, that's wrong. <laughs> Smart, right? Tell the Lord he's wrong when he's trying, trying to teach you something. Don't follow all my examples, okay? And I said, no, Lord, you reap what you sow. He said, no, you sow what you reaped. See, I loved you when you, you didn't love me. I, I loved you when you betrayed me. I loved you. Now you got to give it away. Sometimes it seems so hard to give away, but if we don't become students of love, we'll never love like he loved. Here's one of the keys, guys. Just because the love of God is shredded, brought in your heart, doesn't mean you're ever going to yield to it. Jesus learned how to love. How did he love? How did he know? He says these words in John 15, verse 9. He said, as the Father, and I'll read it to you. Let's look at this. It says in verse 6, you all know this verse. He said this, 
If a man abide not in me, he's cast forth as a branch and withered. Men gather them and cast them into the fire and they're burned. This is where he said, if ye abide in me and my word abides in you, you can ask whatever it is you will. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ask me whatever it is you want. Herein is my Father glorified. Did you start bearing fruit? Now watch this. As the Father loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in my love. And if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Look what Jesus said. He said it here. He said this in verse 9. As my Father has loved me, I loved you. I found out how much my Father loves me, and I loved you with his love. I understand how much the Father loves me, and that's why I love you. I understand how much he's forgiven me, and that's why I washed your feet in the basin. That's why I did what I did, because I understand the love. I have a revelation. You love others the way Jesus loved you. And when you love others like Jesus loved you, that will make you love like God. Your love walk is in direct connection to how much you know Jesus. First John 4, 7 says it like this. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knows God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Well, you say, well, praise be to God, I'm a Christian, but I'm not going to walk in love. The Bible says if you're a Christian and you don't walk in love, you don't know the God you say you serve. If you say you're the Christian, but you don't walk in the love that you say. Listen to this here. Love. Love is of God. And everyone that loves is born of God. He that loveth not knoweth not God. How can you say you love God? How can you say you know God? If you don't walk in love. Jesus said these words in John 17, 23. I want you to look at it. He says this, I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Mimic the love you see from Jesus. Now that's the key right there. That's the question. That's, that's the commitment. That's, that's the corresponding moment. That's the question at hand. That's the never-ending never moment. Can, can I see his love, and can I emulate it? Can I See, this is the key. The key isn't to be like your neighbor. The key isn't to be like the Christian sitting next to you. The key is to be like him. Can, can I wash the feet of the people that hurt me? Can I, can I, can I lay down my opinion? Can I, can I yield to this love? Because here's the thing. Faith responds to circumstances like God would, but love is treating people like God would. See, faith responds to circumstances like God does. But love, love responds 
to people like God does. The definition of love is this. You've heard me say this before, but I want you to get it. The definition of love is joyfully choosing to take an action that promotes the welfare of another. When you, as Jesus loves, will understand this, the person or the recipient will be better off after you have loved them than before you touch their life. Love does what's most beneficial for the recipient at the moment. Everything God has done for you and me has been for our betterment. And it cost him, when true love is exercised, it's going to cost you something. And it's going to profit someone else. In order to love as he loves, you're going to have to go out of your way. You're going to have to disturb your normal course of life. I want you to see this. Love does what's most beneficial for the recipient. Can you imagine Jesus at that last moment? I'm going to get the basin. I'm going to get a towel. I'm going to wash your feet. And you'll remember what I do today. Because this is what I want you to do one to another. I want you to do what's most beneficial for the person at the moment. If you're not going out of your way, if it's not costing you something, then we're not loving as he loved. Because love does what's most beneficial for the recipient at that moment. Now, guys, I don't want to sit here today and try to tell you it's going to be simple. Love like God loved. Boy, that sounds easy, doesn't it? Love like he loved you. Love like, love like, he, love, love like he, he did for you. I don't know, how can I love them that don't love me? How can I love them that rejected me? How can I love them that hurt me? How can I love? See, love is an act. It's not a feeling. I choose to love. My feelings will catch up, but I choose to love you. One of the most powerful things I think we could learn from this basin of love is none of those recipients deserved what he was getting ready to do. But he did it anyway. What has happened in your life that has maybe stopped you from being the person of love you're supposed to be? There's a basin waiting for you. I don't know about you. I'm, I'll be transparent. This, 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 this job I have, I don't say that lightly, brings a lot of people in and out of your life. Some, some people you'll love dearly. You'll love unconditionally. You guys, you guys are in this with me. You've had friends and acquaintances and spouses and family. And sometimes it's so hard to keep loving because the hurt seems almost insurmountable. 
but I, I thought we were friends. But I guess now because you decide we're not friends anymore, we're not. I thought, I thought we were in this to the end, but I guess because you don't want to stay no more, I guess the season's over. But I thought we, we said till death do us part. You're still breathing. Where are you going? I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought it was in sickness and in health, but I thought it was, in, I thought it was, I thought it was, we're together. I thought it was, we're going to be friends. I thought it was going to be, we're family. I thought it was going to be, you're my son and you're my daughter and, or, and, you're, and you're, we're together. And I thought it was going to be, I thought you were my sister. I thought you were my brother. I thought you, you, you know, I believe what happened is true, but I can't believe you're the one who did it. I know somebody has to betray me, Jesus thought, but why you, Judas? I knew somebody had to deny me, Peter, but why you, Peter? I knew somebody had to doubt me, but why you, Thomas? I knew somebody had to forsake me, but why you? And now I got a new one. Somebody should have said something. But John, you didn't say nothing. You could have said something. But instead, you stood there in silence. I don't know what you have to overcome to love again. But I know what he overcame to love you. And if you can ever get a glimpse of how much he loves you, it won't be a problem loving them. Because when I didn't deserve that love, he gave it to me anyway. Sometimes you feel abandoned. Sometimes you feel alone. Sometimes you feel betrayed. Marriage, friendship, life, school. The Bible is a book of betrayal, pain, hurt. There's more stories of denial and betrayal and pain than there's stories of victory and triumph. It seems like Joseph gets sold into slavery. Jesus is getting crucified. Peter's falling into the lake. It seems to be a book of obstacles with some high points of great success, but so many valleys, I don't know if I'm going to be able to regain to get to the mountaintop. So many moments in time, it seems like I'm trapped in pain. The Bible says weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Seems like there's so many obstacles. God, how am I going to overcome? He said, love never fails. I asked myself, you know, I looked at Job and I said, man, this guy's life is a total 
horrendous moment after next horrendous moment after next horrendous moment. And I know we're above and now we're in a different dispensation, the dispensation of grace. We've got the victory, we're walking through pain. But I looked at Job and I said, God, you bring people into Job's life. Instead of making it better, it gets worse. But he took the people that made it worse and used them to make it spectacular. Because Job doubled everything because he took the moment and responded right. He prayed for them that somebody else would have wrote off. Today, love can make a way. There's a basin. There's a pitcher of water. And there he is, a towel, waiting to wash you in this love. Who do you got to love again? Where did you bottle up this love? Where did I stop sowing this love? You know, I told you these, these scriptures, Ephesians 6 and 8 says this, whatsoever good I do unto you, God will do unto me. I think when we stop looking at the opportunity of sowing love in the people we expect to get love back from, love becomes easy again. I think when we start sowing love that we receive because of who he is, it's easy for us to love. I'm asking you today, take inventory of your love walk, and are you loving at the degree of love you need to be, or do you got to go to the basin? Do you got to take a trip to the basin and love them that stop loving you. Do you gotta take a trip to the basin and allow yourself to be washed again in love? Do you need to take it? Because this is the cool thing about love, that if I let him wash me with the love that he gave me, I could go wash you. Jesus stood before 12 men that were getting ready to leave his life, the closest men that he walked with on the face of the earth with every background you could think of, and he washed them with love so they could wash one another. Do you need to be washed again in the love? Do you need to come to the basin and say, you know what, I did, I loved for 30 years, but somebody stopped loving me, and now I don't trust nobody, and I don't love like that. I love somebody, that, and somebody that should have loved me took advantage of me. Somebody that should have loved me and nurtured me abused me. Somebody that loved me and should have protected me, they rejected me. Somebody that should have been loving me and protecting and honoring and caring and cherishing me. Because of you, I don't love no more. It's time to go to the basin. Let that love wash you clean again. When I was preparing to bring you this today, I knew I had to go to the basin of love. I'll be transparent. I love people and they never even say goodbye. I love people, and I don't even know what they're talking about. I love people, and they hate me for loving them. I love people, and they lie about what I said. I didn't say it. You know exactly what I'm talking about in your own life. They say things I didn't say, and they believe things I never intended. I don't even get a chance to explain. They've made a decision already, and their, their decisions are final, and their decisions are fatal. 
And sometimes I, do, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to. Why, why love? If I open myself up to that, I can get hurt again. Why, why love? Why love again? Why love, why love at that level? I'll love a little bit, but I don't want to love that much. And the Lord spoke to me and said, son, love them with the love I gave you. Because you can't push love off a cliff. And love can't be hurt. Guys, when you love like Jesus loved, he'll protect your heart. It's when I love with human love that it gets painful. Listen to what I just said. Come on, stand up on your feet and listen. Stand up on your feet and listen. Maybe lift your hands to heaven. Maybe close your eyes. Love them with the love I gave you, and I'll protect your heart. Love them with the love. Love your spouse. If your spouse is here, if you're a husband and wife and you're in this building today, grab your spouse's hand. Grab it tight and promise and vow to love. I'm going to love you when you, when you fail me. I'm going to love you when you have flaws. I'm going to love you when you don't meet my expectations. I'm going to love you when you let me down. I'm not going to stop loving you. I'm not going to hide you from you and abandon you and, and quit on you. And, and, I, and maybe you got to love your kids unconditionally. Maybe you got to love somebody else unconditionally. Maybe it's got to start with loving yourself. Because when I know how much he loved me, I can love you best. Father, I thank you for washing us right now with the water from the basin of love. I thank you, Father, for washing us with your love, letting your love wash over us, let it pour all over us, and let us love again the way you love. Let us become the children of love that you've called us to be, and let my love be greater than it was before because I know that I went to the basin and I've been washed in your love, and now your love has not only washed me, your love is going to allow me to wash others. Oh, today, that's the story right now. That's the joy of the moment. That the love that you wash me with now is going to be the love that I can wash others with. The love that you washed me with now can be the love that I can wash them with. And I'm going to be the person of love that you called me to be. So, Father, I thank you for the love of God that shed abroad in our heart. And I thank you that we share this love one with another. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, we invite you to visit us today at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. And as always, welcome home.